I'm excited. I'm so excited about what the Lord wants to share this morning with all of us. This is a reminder sermon, okay? This is to bring us back into remembrance of who God is. We've been talking about the identity of God in these last few weeks, and I just want to encourage you, if you have not uh, seen them all, been a part of what we've been talking about, go back onto our website or on our app, check out the sermons. We, we spent two weeks on the identity of God. Uh, ben introduced us last week with the identity of Jesus, which we're going to continue on this morning. Um, when I was talking with Ben about when he wanted to share, uh, he was like, you know, whenever you want, I'll do whatever. I said, how about you talk about the identity of Jesus? And because that's really hard and I don't, you know, I don't know if I can do it. So I gave it to him. He was awesome, as Robert alluded to earlier. Use a lot of big, fancy words that, uh, you know, I don't really think he knew the meanings of himself, but he was confident in them, praise God. And so he said them and uh, hallelujah for that. Um, so we're going to continue on this morning and we're going to talk about the identity of Jesus in a way that I believe we forget a lot, all right? We might say yes, absolutely, and even as I introduce it, we're gonna say amen to it, but the truth is we don't walk it out a lot because of what we are focusing on. I was asked uh, a couple weeks ago, I did a live chat uh, on Instagram, uh, for those of y'all that don't know what that is, that's okay. I didn't either until I did it, but it's basically talking on Instagram and it's, it's live. So there you go. Um, and I was asked, you know, for new believers that want to hear the voice of the Lord, that want to hear the voice of God, what would you tell them? And it was, I was kind of put on the spot by the question. And uh, I'll be honest with you, part of me wanted to laugh a little bit, right? Because it's, it's, it's such this, this question that we can overcomplicate so much. And really what I told them, I said, if you want to hear the voice of the Lord, it's real easy. Get in the word of God, right? It's written down for us. It is right here. It is so accessible and available to us that live in this country where we can go, we can order it online. We can get our name etched in the cover of it. We can have it on our phone. And yet for some reason, we just forget about it. And we all the time we're saying, I just want to hear the Lord. I want to hear the Lord. Y'all, here it is right here. Okay, we just got to get in the word. And when we do that, we are reminded over and over of who God is. And here's what the word of God is full of from the very beginning to the very end and everywhere in between. And that is this, that Jesus, the identity of Jesus, that he is the authority. He is the authority in everything. But we forget about that because instead of going to the word of God over and over, we let the news, we let social media, we let our friends and our family and whoever else be the authority in our lives and dictate how we feel, how we act, how we pray, how we worship because we have given those things authority in our lives instead of Jesus. We forget and it's everywhere. It is everywhere in the word of God. The Bible even says that, that the authority of Jesus preaching Christ crucified is, is nonsense to Jews and, and it's offensive to Gentiles because they don't understand that Jesus is the authority. From the moment Jesus was born up until right at this very moment and until he comes back, the authority of Jesus is the stumbling block for people. Because if Jesus, this is what, this is what we think, if Jesus is the authority, then I have to do everything that he says, and I have to, you know, all this stuff, and I am now enslaved to him, right? When the reality is when we understand that Jesus is the authority, we are free in him, right? We are set free under, under Jesus' protection and his provision 
in his love and his mercy for us. But think about since the moment he was born, a king tried to kill him because he was threatened by Jesus's authority. The reason that Jesus was crucified on the cross was by the church because they were afraid of his power and his authority. And it was what it was going to do to them to this day. That's what it's all, all, everyone that is against Jesus is because he has the authority and they're trying to usurp it. They want authority. But what I'm here to say is let's embrace his authority. Let's celebrate his authority. Let's understand that in our lives, think about that y'all, in our lives, Jesus has authority over everything that we do and everything that we face. And I wanna, I wanna read a little story that shows the power of Jesus' authority and what happens when we discover it. And I wanna look in Acts chapter nine. This is the story of Saul becoming Paul. You know, the men's breakfast yesterday, Ben started to touch on it and I was like, dude, be quiet. I'm preaching on that tomorrow. Let's not double dip. We probably should have communicated on what we're sharing. That would have been smart, um, but we didn't. Praise God. Uh, we're learning. Be patient with us. Acts chapter nine, starting in verse one, it says this. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation and the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Listen to what he says here. Who are you, Lord? Not who are you, Lord? It was who are you, Lord? He knew he was Lord. He just wanted to know who he was. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. So in this moment for Saul, here, here's the kicker, y'all. Here's, here's where our minds are blown. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road and where understanding happens. When Lord and Jesus become one. Saul knew that there was God. He, he hated Jesus because he didn't understand that Jesus was God. His, his, whole, his whole problem was that Jesus was claiming to be God. He didn't get it. And then when the revelation occurs to him in this moment that God and Jesus are one and that Jesus does have the authority, everything changes. And when we can walk our walk, when we can have our existence and our faith match that God and Jesus are one and that he is the authority. Listen, y'all, it changes everything. It changes how we pray. It changes how we worship. It changes how we talk to our friends and our family, how we live our life. Everything changes because this Jesus that we worship is in control of everything. And so our confidence rises and our fear runs away. But we have to understand that Lord and Jesus are one. And in this moment, it dawns on Paul suddenly, wow, Jesus is Lord. And listen to Paul's, um, Paul Saul's reply here in verse six. He says, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? It goes on to say in verse 19, Saul, and who becomes Paul, stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is indeed the son of God. He is indeed 
the authority. And here's the thing, Paul got authority because if we go back to verse two, it says that he requested from the high priest, he was asking permission to go get these people that were part of the way, the new church and to arrest them and kill them. So he understood authority. He knew he needed to go ask permission. Can I do this, sir? Before he went out and did it. But it's interesting here, as we see this, this tr transition that, that Saul has, earthly authority, he says, hey, can I do this? Is it okay? To authority with Jesus is whatever you want. I'm not even gonna bring a request. I'm just gonna say, here I am, what do you want? I'll do whatever you say. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. Jesus' authority changes a murderer into an evangelist. That's what the understanding of Jesus' authority does in our lives. It changes us. It changes who we are. Paul goes on to write this letter. I wanna look at it real quick. He writes to the Colossians. And this is what's going on in the church there. There is a false belief, false teaching being spread in the church there. And it's what we would call Gnosticism, all right? Sorry, I had to use a big word, you know, following Ben last week. Uh, I was like, well, I got my work cut out for me. Uh, no more talking about my kids, all right? Um, it's called Gnosticism, which, which teaches that Jesus is not both fully God and fully man. He's not fully God and fully man. Therefore, if he's not, what he is, is he's this bridge between God and the world. But that's not who Jesus is. And that belief tells us that then if Jesus is not both fully God and man, then he doesn't have the authority or the ability to save us. It says that what he did on the cross wasn't enough, but we can gain spiritual enlightenment by gaining knowledge and basically trying really hard. So then we become our own authority and our salvation. And y'all, that is a dangerous road to travel. As the, like the songs we sang this morning, thank God it was you. It was your mercy and your power and your blood that saved me. If it was up to me, I wouldn't make it. It was Jesus. But that, and, and listen to that, y'all. Listen to that. To gain spiritual enlightenment, to gain this, this level of spirituality, if we just try really hard, if we discipline ourselves and we gain knowledge, then we'll get there. I'm telling y'all, as, as I say this, that still, even though we might not call it anything, it exists in the church. I believe honestly, y'all, and I'm not trying to attack anyone in here. I'm trying to speak to the issue that there are some of us in here that though we might not recognize it, we're, we're adopting that same mentality. That we haven't, we haven't fully grasped how much Jesus loves us. And so we put the burden on ourselves and we say, I'm, I gotta be a better Christian and I gotta do this. And when we don't live up to it, we beat ourselves up. And then even more so, we're like, I just can't go to church this morning because I'm not living up to my own expectation that Jesus never set for me. And so we're, we're feeling and we're acting a lot like the church in, that, that Paul is writing to in Colossians. And we're, we're saying, yes, yes, Jesus, I know this, but our actions are saying otherwise. My prayer and my hope this morning is that we leave today, that that would be gone, that we would release that burden that we were never meant to carry and understand that Jesus has the authority. And when we understand that everything that he says about himself and everything that he says about you is true. 
He's not lying. He's not lying, y'all. Let's read. Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme. Y'all say supreme. Over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. In other words, he created all those things. That means he is over all the authorities, y'all. He's over them all. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme, say supreme, Supreme. over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This is Paul's opening statement to the Colossians. And he's just, he's just setting it straight right off the bat, which I love. Listen, Jesus is the visible expression of the invisible God. He is God. Everything was created through him and for him. He is the supreme. He is the head. He is the first over everything. Let's be clear about that is what Paul is saying. So listen, y'all, listen. When he says that he's got you, he's got you. When he says that he loves you, he loves you. When he says that his grace is sufficient for you, it is. When he says that he provides for you, he will. When he says that he's gonna stay with you, he will. Okay, there's nothing to fear. He is the supreme. He has the authority and what he says goes, all right? I, I would, I would, I would love, I would love, uh, let me, well, well, why not? I'm going out of order here, but that's okay. Y'all don't know what I'm saying on here. <laughs> I would love to sit here and say that in my household, I'm the authority, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, right? I, I'm going to be real honest with you. I'll be real candid. Be real vulnerable for a second. Last night was not a good night for me, all right? It just wasn't. I don't know what was going on in me, but you know, my wife made a delicious chicken pot pie dinner, super good, a cold night, and our girls just would not eat it because the chicken was wet. Like like thumbing through, I'm trying to get a piece of dry chicken. Like, that's the good stuff! And like 8,000 times I must have said, eat your chicken. (laughs) But they wouldn't do it. And and (laughs) it was a hard night, all right? It was a hard night. They went to bed, I was like, watch whatever you want. I don't care. It's on my phone. Read about Brady's retirement. (sighs) You know, and the reason I was frustrated is because they weren't listening to me. And I think what we have a hard, 
are a hard problem when we talk about the authority of Jesus and really grasping it is that we are rebellious people, right? We're rebellious people. And there we can say no. It might land us in some trouble, depending on what you're saying no to or being rebellious towards, it could land you in a lot of trouble. But I'm gonna read this story real quick. We're gonna pin it right there. And I wanna read this really quick. And it'll help us understand Jesus's authority versus ours. Matthew chapter eight, a great illustration of what Paul's talking about in Colossians one, starting in verse 23. It says, then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. So here it is, y'all. Jesus is speaking in his authority to creation and creation does not rebel against what he says. And and the the story here, we can get so caught up in what Jesus does that we're really missing the whole point. Because if we consider that Jesus is the creator, right? That we just read about in Colossians 1, that everything was created through him and for him, then him telling the winds and the waves to, to chill out, to stop, really isn't that big of a deal, right? It really isn't. Because he created those things. And so of course the wind and the waves are going to listen to him because he's the authority and he made them so. So when he says, stop it, they're like, okay, you're the boss. See, Jesus's creation does not rebel against him when he says to do something. That's why it's by his name. It's by Jesus's name that in heaven and earth and under the earth, every knee will bow. Every knee will bow, y'all. Every need. When he says something, it happens. But we get confused because we're trying to tell our kids to eat the chicken and they're not. And so we, I really don't believe we get a full understanding of authority. We want it, but it's hard because we have a rebellious side. But Jesus, as the authority, when he says something, it happens. Why? Because he said so. It doesn't take us long. When you have, when you have kids, it doesn't take long to use that phrase. And you kind of hear yourself like, oh, oh, what just happened? You know, I'm my parents, you know. (laughs) Why, why, why? Because I said so, all right? Next conversation, please. But it just comes out, right? But with Jesus, it's, it's not to move on to the next thing. It's because I said so. Because I said so. And you can rest in that and you can trust in that. And you can know it to be true in your own life. If I say I love you, I love you. Why? Because I said so. And I'm the authority. Because everything, everything was created through me and for me. You were created for me. And I love you. And you can believe that, y'all, because he is the authority and he does not lie. The things that he says about you are true. He goes on to say in Colossians 1, so after he talks about Christ and who he is and how he's supreme and first and the head, everything was created through him and for him. He goes on to say this. This is where it pivots. This is where it gets very personal. Verse 21 of Colossians 1. He says, once you, now he's talking to us, you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. 
But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Say that last part again. Without blemish and free from accusation, y'all. He's made us free from accusation. We have no blemishes on us. Why? Because of what we've done? No. Because Jesus, in his physical body, I read that and it's like, I feel like he put on a robe, right? He put on this physical earthly body. He's like, okay, I'm God. I'm going to dress like this. I'm going to feel all the feels. I'm going I'm I'm to hurt, right? I'm going to walk on the earth. I'm going to be just like y'all. And I'm going to die for you so you can be free of blemish. You can be clean. No condemnation. All of it is gone. You see, and that's the remarkable, amazing thing about Jesus and what he does with his authority. He doesn't lord it over us. He says, in my authority, I'm going to come down and I'm going to serve and I'm going to win you and I'm going to make you clean. I'm going to do something for you that you never could have done yourself. I'm going to get in your boat with you. What we need to do in turn is receive and understand that Jesus, y'all listen to me, whatever you're going through right now, he's in the boat with you. He's in and he's saying, don't be afraid. Know who I am. Know who is in the boat with you. Know that I am in charge. Know that I have all authority. There's nothing that is above me. And what I say goes. What I say goes and I'm in the boat with you. I'm not just on, on heaven on the throne, this distant God. I'm right here with you. He goes on to say in the next chapter of Colossians, chapter two, verse nine and 10. It says, for in Christ, all fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So he's all God. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. He's, he's head over it all. So when the enemy and sin tries to tell you that you're less, when, when the enemy tries to tell you that your children are gone, when the enemy tries to tell you that your marriage is wrecked, that and the enemy tries to tell you that you're alone, whatever he's coming at you with, you can say, no, 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 no. The authority says otherwise because he said so. You don't have to, you don't have to try and convince the enemy of anything, y'all. You don't have to try and win the argument. All you have to say is Jesus said otherwise. And what he says goes. He says that he heals. He says that he restores. He says that he provides and protects and that he loves us. And what he says goes. And he's in the boat with me. I'm gonna have the band come back up and we're gonna close this morning and worship. But I just wanna read these last few verses as we do. And then we're gonna pray. He goes on to say in verse 13 of Colossians 2, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. I love this last verse here. And having disarmed the powers and authority, I love this right here, it's so good. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing them over, uh, over them by the cross. How did he triumph over them? By the cross. And so check this out. I, I love the, the contradiction here. As Jesus is nailed to the cross, the enemy is saying, look at that. 
we made a public spectacle of him. That was the whole, that, that was half the point of being nailed to a cross, that you were a public spectacle. That anyone that walked by or saw was reminded and told, if you mess with us, this is gonna happen to you. And it was a public spectacle. It was an embarrassment. So it wasn't just suffocation and pain beyond measure. It was humiliation. And what Jesus is saying here, what Paul is writing about here, he's saying, no, 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 no. Jesus on the cross was a public spectacle for the enemy because he wasn't dead. He, he, it was like he let death kind of be to come in for a little bit. He said, I'm, I'm gonna put my authority on the shelf for just a second and I'm going to allow death to come on me, but it only, it's only gonna last three days. And then I'm gonna take my authority back. And it was like, all of a sudden it's like, okay, time's up. You're done, death. I'm taking my authority back and I'm gonna be raised from the dead. And then I'm gonna win everybody who believes in me. And it's gonna be a spectacle to the rulers and the authorities of the dark world. He is the authority in your life. What he says goes. But what we have to do is operate in that and listen to what he says. I'm gonna close with these few verses out of Romans chapter eight. Truthfully, I could just read Romans eight every single week and call it a sermon and be done with it. I'm just gonna read the verses that book in the chapter, starting in verse one. Listen to these words, y'all, over you, as if it's talking right to you. It says, now there is no condemnation for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses when is unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that just requirement of the law would be satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. I'm gonna jump down to verse 38 now. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate you from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us, can separate you from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? How? Why? Why? Let's ask ourselves, why? Why can nothing separate us? I mean, we're good at sinning, right? There's all sorts of things going on. In the Bible, the word of God, the voice of the Lord that we so desperately want to hear tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Why? Because he said so. Because the sacrifice that he made on the cross was enough. And the, the picture of Jesus is such a beautiful picture because he is all powerful, right? 
He is the authority. But you know how he describes himself in Matthew chapter 11? As gentle and lowly in heart. He says, come to me, come to me. You don't have to be afraid. Yes, everything was created through me and for me. And I am the beginning and the end. And I can tell creation what to do. But here's what I want from you. Come to me. Come to me. I'm gentle. I'm gentle. I'm going to take care of you. And all those voices you've been hearing, all those lies that you've been believing, I'm going to shut them up. Because I love you. And all we have to do is believe that he is enough. It's not about what we do. It's not about being self-disciplined or learning more and trying to memorize the Bible from front to back. It's about looking at the cross and saying, he did that for me. And that is enough. So I just want to take a moment. Whether you're watching at home or online or in here, and you have not allowed Jesus to be the full authority in your life. You have not allowed him to be your, as Paul put it, Lord and Savior. I want to take a moment. If you've never received Jesus, to say, Jesus, I believe. And also, I just want to take a moment where we just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been listening to everything else but what you say about me. And I've been walking in fear and anxiety and worry. And I've been killing myself. Beating myself up. Because I've forgotten what you say over me and what you say goes. So let's just take a moment. But that's you this morning. Invite him into your heart. Just tell him you're sorry. Just tell him you're sorry. Why don't we all stand up and we're going to pray. Just keep your, keep your head bowed and your eyes closed as you stand this morning because this is, this is it. When we understand the authority of Jesus, I believe that our prayers change and they should because we're, we're praying to a God who has all the authority. So we're gonna pray and then Ben's gonna lead us back into worship and we'll close. Father, forgive us, Lord, when we lose sight of who you are, when we shrink you down to our abilities and our understanding. Forgive us, Lord, that we forget who you are when you're right there in the boat with us, that you are the head, you are the supreme, you are the first, you are all powerful, you are God, you are Lord and you are Jesus, you are one. And when you speak, it is with the authority of heaven. So God, right now, with that understanding, as best as we can understand it, God, we lift before you the things that we're struggling with. God, I want to pray right now for those who, who have children that I know there's parents in here who have been freaking out over their kids. And Lord, I just, we in agreement as a, as a church body, as, our, as a family, God, we just in agreement right now, we just speak life to those kids, Father, 
Lord, that you would take the shackles off their eyes and off the, off their, the, the chains, God, that you would break them in Jesus' name. Father, by your authority right now, God, we stand in agreement and we curse any demonic assignment over them in Jesus' name and that you would return them home, Father. Return them home, Jesus. To you, Lord God, let them, let them remember you, Father, that, that what was planted in their hearts would not return void, Lord God, and we claim them in Jesus' name. They are yours, Lord God. They are yours, Jesus, and we, we do so with the authority of Jesus Christ as it, as it comes out of our mouths right now, Lord God. Bring the children of the families back to you, Lord Jesus. Even now, Lord God, wake them up for you, Jesus. Wake them up for you, Lord God. Father, for those whose, whose marriages are hard right now, God, I pray, Jesus, for restoration over the marriages in Jesus' name. And we speak with your authority, God, over them that the enemy would have no place in the homes of the families here at Beaches Chapel. No place in the marriages at Beaches Chapel. That you would bring restoration, that you would bring life, that you would bring forgiveness, that you would bring healing over every marriage that needs it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. God, for those that are struggling physically that need miraculous healing, praise God, you are a miraculous healer because what you say goes over, over sickness and disease as well. So Father, I just pray right now, God, for those that need supernatural healing, miraculous healing, God, God, we just believe right now, we ask it of you, Lord. You say, come to us, we're coming to you, Lord. As a miracle working God, who has the authority, speak, Father, over every sickness and disease. Those that need healing, Father, right now, Lord God, you are above it all. You are supreme. You are first. You are the authority. And we break the power of every sickness and every disease that anyone in here is walking in, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, break that power, Lord, right now, God. Bring healing, Father, whether it's physical or mental, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, lastly, I just pray for our nation. God, we pray for healing and protection over our nation. And Father, first and foremost, we, we ask you forgive us. Forgive us, Father, for, this, for the just ridiculous amount of errors that we've made, how we've turned away from you. God, we've mocked you at times, and we just stand in the gap for our country, Lord. And we ask Jesus that you would forgive us and you expose the evil in our capital, God, in every state capital, Jesus, and that we would turn back to you, Lord God. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Restore this country to you, Lord God. We're not gonna stand still, Lord. We're gonna continue to fall on our knees, and God, we pray for our leaders that you would change their hearts, God. Your word says that you hold the hearts of the kings in your hand, and you change them like water, Lord God. You direct them. God, direct their hearts back to you, Lord Jesus. We, God, we, don't, we ask for salvations for our leaders, Lord God, for radical encounters with you, just like Saul had on the road to Damascus, that you would give them those very same experiences, Father, so that when they get before the country, they speak your name first. How about that? Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, as we walk out of here today, I just pray for every single person that we would approach you humbly, honoring and exalting you, Father, as authority and standing in agreement. Let our prayers and our worship reflect your authority. Hallelujah. 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 We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. You are a great God.
You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. And we praise you and we exalt you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And as Paul said, Lord, what do you want me to do? We'll do it, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's worship.